Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Now, because we are getting into Easter, we are reminding ourselves about the essentials of our faith. Last week, we were talking about flourishing in Christ. I see that Ruth insists that we are still in embracing revival, which is okay. But we talked about flourishing in, in Christ and flourishing in the house. And today, I want us to look at a very, in fact, today, next Sunday, and the next Sunday, we'll be going along these same directions. Uh, from Romans chapter 5. Amen. I want us to read from verse 1 to verse 5 and then we'll get back and examine it together. Is that okay? You think you can read loudly with all your heart? Yeah. Uh, by the way, just if you're here, look, our Luganda service is at 11.30, not 9. During youth experience, Luganda service is upstairs. And if you have children, we have an incredible children's church. Harvest kids going on, but you have to go and sign them in. You just can't do like we used to do those days, kick them and say, Gendam, children's church. Now <laughs> you have to go and account for them because uh, we want them to be safe. Is that okay? Together. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace. With God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access. Hey, I realize I'm reading by myself. Together, through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us in Jesus' name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Even when the project, project, projection delays, it is still the word of God. Yeah. Take me back to verse 1. So, this, these things are important. Sometimes we don't address them frequently because we are teaching about practical things. But this is also a practical thing. Amen. You see, to, for you to get the right fruit above ground you must have the right root system below ground if you want more fruit are you listening if you want more fruit you put the manure in the soil not on the fruit so let's say you have a guava tree and it has guava who knows guavas is there anyone who doesn't know guavas Okay, does everyone know oranges? Let's use oranges because some people say guava. Is that an English word? Now, if you have an orange tree and it has 
oranges. But the oranges are small. The oranges are few. The oranges are bitter. It's possible to have such a tree. Small, few, bitter oranges. In other words, the productivity is not what it should be. So you go and consult uh, an agriculturist and they say, no, 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 no. Put some manure. And then you ask them, what kind of manure? And then they say, if you get cow dung, for example, those of us who grew up where we practiced agriculture, cows, it, you, you could see that some places the dodo was more vibrant than others. Yeah, because the cow had... Makes sense. Now, so they tell you, get some cow dung and apply. Now, this is not what you do. You don't go get the cow dung and smear on the oranges. It will not work. Or on the guavas for that matter. Am I making sense? Where do you put the cow dung? In the soil. And then you give it time. Before you know it, the oranges are getting bigger. The oranges are getting more numerous than the answer. And the oranges are getting sweeter. Hey, yeah. Can you imagine cow dung can make your oranges sweeter? It's a mystery. You know, I always wonder how goats and cows become fat. Because they are vegetarian. But that's not today's discussion. <laughs> uh, some people are like, that's why I refuse to be a vegetarian. <laughs> you can still get fat. Now, please eat more vegetables. Okay? Yeah, me, I, I eat katunkuma. Do you know katunkuma? Oh, yeah, it's nice. I like it. I don't even know whether there is an appropriate English word for katunkuma. Bitter berries. Okay. Wow. It's become a heated conversation here at the front. Cartoons. <laughs> Cartoons. <laughs> Matan, you don't look like you eat katunkuma, but he, he really doesn't. So, sometimes you realize you're kicking the cat. Hmm. And that when the border guy almost knocks you, you say something which you also wonder, where did that come from? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, what else? Uh? Generally, you, you reach a point and realize your fruitfulness as a believer is not manifesting quickly. 
It is a struggle. Yeah. Paul wrote and said, O wretched man that I am, in Romans 7, who will deliver me from this body of death, but thanks be to God for our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, sometimes you want the fruit and you want it quickly, but you don't know how to get it coming. Yeah, so we tell you loyalty and disloyalty, tithing, honor your father and mother, or what else? (laughs) Evangelism, prayer. The more we tell you, the more you get annoyed. (laughs) And even you are wondering, they are not telling me anything that is bad, but why am I annoyed? Have you ever been annoyed with your mission or community leader? Of course, you can't get annoyed with me, but with your mission... I'm very hard to be annoyed with. All the people who ever got annoyed with me, they either make up with me later when they realize I'm not a bad person, or what's the other option? Yeah, yeah, or they just, yeah. I'm very, very hard to be annoyed with for a long time. You ask my wife. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just that kind of person. I'm likable. People like me. Yeah. Don't you like me? Okay. <laughs> Ruth is like, duress, duress. So what was I saying? What was I saying? So, so they, are, they are telling you things. Huh? Buy your wife flowers. You get annoyed. Give your wife kameza. You get annoyed. Are you the one who makes it? I'm not the one who makes it, but look, um, it is your marriage. (laughs) Over what, what? And you realize, have you ever been there when they're telling you only good things to do? But the more they tell you, the more annoyed you become. Yeah, that's how people leave this church. They leave not because they were told bad things. They leave because they were told good things and they got annoyed. And then they go to other churches. Then they reach there. And then they also keep telling them the same good things. So after rotating through about three, four churches and being annoyed, you realize, so the the reason you're annoyed at the truth, which you know you should do, is you need to address some root things. Amen. So for example, it says in Psalm chapter 1 that blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor stand in the path of sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in Israel he meditates day and night and he he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Why? Because of the word, meditation in the word. The way the kingdom of God works is you can't fake fruit. At least not for a long time. Yeah. Have you ever been to those places where they have some plastic fruit? 
Yeah, just nicely placed. So, for example, you can try that plastic stuff until you get married. Because the, the thing with the plastic fruit is they don't expect you to eat it. So you can keep thinking it is real. Without? Yeah. There is no contact. It's just seeing. So you see how we can see each other here? Everyone looks like they're a good Christian. Now, until you get married... Because marriage is a contact spot. You you can't be married at a distance. Marriage can't be for looking at at a distance. No. (laughs) Yeah. They eventually find out that, hey, 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 this beautiful looking girl has thorns and thistles and they can prick you. Or this cool looking guy does not have as much money as he looks like he had while at church. Am I talking too much? Is this too close to home? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. You know on Sunday when we all dress up, everyone looks like they have it covered. Until you check below the bonnet and like, oh my God. So, what do we do? What you do? You address the root things, the root issues. And as a believer, Christ is the root, is the foundation. The Bible says we should be grounded and rooted, rather rooted and grounded in love. Whose love? That's God. Amen. So, so this thing I'm telling you about eh, of plastic fruit and uh, the desire to really live a godly life but never attaining it. That was my life a long time. Because Paul writes in uh, Romans 7, it says that on the inside, eh, I'm paraphrasing, I desire Christ. I desire. But the manifestation is something different. Yeah, in fact, this time I came with my analog Bible so that when Vera doesn't give me the verse, I look for it. That should be Romans um, 7 7 who? Nineteen, yeah. From nineteen, they are there. For the good that I will to do, huh? I do not do. Like, how can you look? You have the will to love the girl, but you do not do. The good that I will to do, I do not. That's the evil that I've told myself I will never do. <laughs> what, is the, what does he say? That I what? Pr- practice is repeated performance. 
He says, is that I what? I pra- I, it's not I do, no. I do repeatedly with efficiency because I practice. Yeah. Have you ever found yourself in that place? You practice. Oh, yeah. That describes the first three years of my marriage. The evil that I will not to do. (laughs) I practiced efficiently. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. Why are people looking at me like for them, their marriages have always been like... I'm preaching better than you listen. I pra- can you imagine? I pr- he uses the term, I practice. Shh. When you are a practitioner of evil. Meanwhile, you don't want to do it. So what happens when you are in this situation in church? You choose two lives. The church life, the private life. Yeah, because we don't want anyone to find out that we are not as joyful as we look. Yeah, you come and smile and laugh and go home and cry the whole night. Same person. Ah, yeah. Because you have to look happy when the others are around. Mm. Here, you're making pledges. Hectic pledges. Meanwhile, the creditors are coming. You are in debt. You you keep looking around because they're like, if they find me. You're on the run. But you've told the location pastor, I'll contribute five million. Two things. So you choose two lives. And I, I, I chose call that for some time, but it was too much for me to... to I, it was too stressful. I don't like pretense too much. Okay, I don't like pretense at all. It's not just too much. And so, when we started the church, and then John Cato brought the Andrew Omak discipleship evangelism course and we started learning about grace, the grace of God. What a shock to find out that God loves you anyway. Ah! It was hard. You know when you're used to your nice religious life of hiding your stuff and presenting your best foot forward? It was hard. But it was incredible freedom as we embraced it. Amen. The understanding that by grace we have been saved through faith. It's not our own. That God loves you because he is loved, not because you're lovely. That God has, in Christ Jesus, paid for all your sins. The ones you performed, the ones you are performing now, and the ones you are planning on. All we are paid for. I know that sounds so radical for some people. Like, then where, where is the point of not 
If the sins were paid for, then what will hinder me from sinning? You know what will hinder you from sinning? Love. Yeah. I, I try as hard as possible not to sin against my wife because I love her, not because someone is going to come and clobber me for, not, for sinning against her. Love. If you think that when you discover that your sins are forgiven, that's when you're going to go and sin, you actually need to get saved. Because it means you do not have the love of God in you. You are just following rules. The Bible says that know ye not that it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Not the threats of God. The goodness of God. That's Romans 2, either 4 or 9. If you go there, you'll find it. And then we'll come back to this one of practicing. Meanwhile, my main text is in Romans 5. God have mercy on me. Yeah, 2, 4. The last part. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. In other words, what leads you to repentance? The goodness of God. Whose counsel are you more open to? The people who love you or the people who hate you? Yeah, the people who love you. They tell you something and they're like, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to do something about it. The people who care nothing for you, when they tell you something, you're like, who are you? What are you? Why are you? Are, are you following? Take me back to Romans 7 and I finish that thought so I go to my main text. We are at 7, what, 19? 7, 19. 20. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then that a law, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. Hey! Evil is present with me. The one who desires to do good is doing evil. Keep going. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. Inside me, I want to please God. I want to do evangelism. I want to love my wife like Christ loves the church. I want to love my neighbors. I want to support the weak. I want to give everything. That's what I want inside. Outside? <laughs> It's a completely different story. Uh, so what do you do? You go back to the basics. Put some cow dung in the soil and give it some time. Amen. That's what gives you continuing fruitfulness. Not this fake fruit which is plastic. The real fruit where when people come close to you, they find that you are authentic. You just didn't look good for the cameras, but you're real good in real life. You know, I always marvel at some of these pictures that people use uh, 
Yeah, like where it's like the skin is like uh, yeah, it's like uh, yeah, and then you meet the person in real life and you're like, what a shock yeah hey Life is hard, you people. Can you imagine having to be two different people in different... Anyway. Let me continue. I give this example from this way. <laughs> Ruth thinks I shouldn't stand near her when I'm giving certain examples. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, someone here, you are like sad deeply. You know that deep sadness? That There's a season I had that thing where you walk around as if they've, turned a, they've tied a small stone on a string and inserted it in your chest. Eh? And as you walk around it's swinging like a pendulum. Bloop, bloop, bloop. There's someone in this place who's in that place. But God has prepared joy for you. God has prepared joy. joy for you. There is hope. Now, take me to my main text because Pastor Blesso who prepared our main text to be like, I prepared the someone notes and this preacher here is not using them. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord, Jesus Christ. And Womack says, justified is just as if you had never sinned. Now, imagine yourself in that state. I have said imagine because it is only imagination. Yeah, it's not, it's not real. So you have to imagine it. Yeah, because you know your sins better than all of us. But it says, so that's and what And Womack said. Someone else the guy who wrote The Grace Awakening, I need his name, come now. He said, justification is a process where, it's not, it's not a process, it's a state where God renders the believing sinner righteous, Charles Swindle. God renders the believing sinner righteous in spite of the state of that sinner. That's justification. Justification is where God looks at you and says, perfect. While you're saying no. And now it's your word against God's. Give me Hebrews 10, 14. Hebrews 10, 14. For by one offering, I can't hear you, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Sanctified is, is being made holy. In other words, you are not yet, you are being sanctified. You're being made holy. You're being set apart in the flesh. But in the spirit, he has what? Perfected you. 
Jesus told the disciples in John 15, 3, that you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Hallelujah. Yeah. So if you struggle with feelings of unrighteousness and being a bad person, we all struggle with things of being a bad person. You go home and remember all the good you should have done that you didn't do. You remember when you should have let that lady really drive in, but you just drove through the junction and didn't give her a chance. And you are the pastor. And you have the sebum sticker on your car. Yeah, we go home and think about those things. How you responded to your wife, a car response that you should not have given, but you sent the, what, the, and they read it. So even if you delete for all, it's too late. Am I making, am I talking at all? Yeah. Yeah. Every human being, even those who pretend not to, struggles with the sense of unworthiness. Every, every. Whether you pretend to or not, every human being struggles with a sense of unworthiness. And why we struggle with it? You see, cows don't struggle with a sense of unworthiness. Or dogs. Yeah. Because we are spirit. And we have a father who is spirit. And he's so perfect that when we try to think about his perfection versus our imperfection, we feel unworthy. And yet he wants to have a relationship with us. So what does he do? He gives his son to pay for those things that make us feel unworthy so that we can come to him with confidence and have this relationship even in our unworthiness because he makes us worthy. Am I making sense? Back to Romans 5.1. He says, therefore... Having been justified by faith. Is that uh, past participle? Having been justified by faith. Now, let me address one more thing there, there. Then I come to what I want to say. It is by faith. Yeah, This business of God looks at you. And he says, perfect, it's by faith. It is not of works, lest anyone should boast. Yeah. You will never stand, sit, sleep, lie, whatever, anywhere, and say, now, God, you and me, <laughs> we are now at par. You, I don't owe you, you don't owe me. No, you are always in debt to God. Always. Yeah. You will never run out of debts with God. Never. As long as you are in this flesh. But here's what he does. He makes an overpayment ahead of time. He doesn't even pay it debt by debt. Yeah, because Christ has suffered once for all. How many times? Once for all people, for all sins, for all times. That's why people who struggle with the idea of advanced forgiveness... It's just that they don't know how God works. Because God is omniscient. 
if he's going to relate with you and he knows that in two weeks' time you're going to do something fake to him, he has to forgive it in advance. Yeah. If he's waiting to forgive it at that time, then there can't be a relationship. Because he already knows it. Hey. When people fall in love and they walk down the aisle, they have not factored in all the sins the other person will commit against them. That's why it's so lovey-dovey. Yeah, but if you got a glimpse of the next 10 years after your wedding day, okay, the next 10 days after your wedding day, you would never go through with it. Yeah, yeah, one month. Yeah, just the sins that will be committed against you in the first month of your marriage, you would never wed. Are there people here? Eh? Those who are married, eh? Bridget, uh, after, after the 10 days, they'd be like, eh, what a shock. Things didn't even wait for two years or whatever. It was like, yeah. That's why love is a beautiful thing. Because it completely is blind to, I shouldn't stand here, okay. I want, I should stand here. Yeah. If you are planning on enjoying your marriage, preemptive forgiveness. Yeah. Decide that on the first chips, chaps, chili sauce thing is when you decide that I have forgiven you. Yeah. All your sins. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I'm telling you, those of us who decide, who started trying to decide which ones to forgive when after you started, it's too late. It's too late. So you forgive, and then you're like, okay, you sinner. Meanwhile, also they are looking at you saying, you sinner. How do we go about this reducing the impact? So that's what God did. It says. God was in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 18, 19. To wit, 5, 19, next verse. That is that God was in Christ doing what? Reconciling the world to himself by doing what? Not imputing their trespasses to them. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Can you give me that passion translation? It could break it down for some people, especially with big words like imputing. Because they might think it is computing. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. Not even... Keep, in other words, the transgressions are there. But when they check the record books, there's nothing. They're like, but this guy, uh, nothing. Case in point, Abraham. Hmm? Romans chapter 4. Go back to NKJV, otherwise the theology will become complicated with this version. Romans chapter 4. It says, he did not waver. Hmm? Yeah. 
go to the verse which says he did not waver at the promise of God. Huh? There it is. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Stop there. Ah! According to which record? A man who even had Ishmael. Yeah, like the evidence of his wavering is with us today. But not according to God. According to God, he did not waver. <laughs> I'm telling you, you, you look at your life now and you look at the record of the people and you never stop to think, what does heaven's record look like? Yeah. Yeah. You will be shocked when you go to heaven how, how the record will look like. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's by faith. Therefore, having been justified by faith we have peace with God we have peace with God the reason you don't have peace with God is you are counting your sins you think it is justified by works it's not by works if it's by works you don't have peace with God if it is by works you should be afraid of God but it is by faith. Give me Romans 4, 4 to 5. As Pastor Angela and Pastor Blesso prepare. Now to him who works. Eh? The wages are not counted as grace but as debt. But to him who does not work? In other words, he fails in his doings. But rather, what does he do? But believes on him uh, who justifies the, the ungodly. His faith is accounted for righteousness. Ah! I know this is a hard ask, but do you have a Luganda version there on your computer? Vera, do you have Luganda version? You can shake or nod. She has shook. Get some Luganda, because... Mm -hmm. Give me the Luganda version. Pastor Angela, you can read it off your phone, off your mic. I don't even know why I've got this idea of the Luganda version. That's Romans what? 4 5. I think she has it, but she's not sure she can read it. <laughs> okay, Romans 4 5. Know your atatukiris. It's here. It's here. Are you preserving battery? I can hardly read this thing. Uh, 
Noyo atatu kiriza teka. Nayenga kirizoli. Abo abatati akatonda. Tofayo. Noyo atatu kiriza teka nayenga nayenga kirizoli. Abo abatati akatonda abafula abatukirivu. Okukiriza kwe kubalibwanga obutukirivu. How many Uganda versions are there? Nayata kola chokana kirizoyo awobu tukirivu. Yeah, this is more like it. Naye atakola chokana kirizoyo awa obutu kirivu abata tiakatonda. Awa obutu kirivu abata tiakatonda. To the ungodly. He justifies the ungodly. Awa obutu kirivu. Can you imagine a mututatia katonda neighbor never moati? O kukirizakwe Kumubalidwa Okuba Obutukirivu. Kumubalidwaku Obutukivu. O kukirizakwe. His faith is accounted for righteousness. Kumvalidwakubati. I know this is too radical for you. You might be thinking, oh my God. Mm-mm. We are addressing the root. There is Romans 5 1, where we were. The reason you may not have peace with God, the reason you may be in agony, might be because you don't know that it is by faith. Now, give me verse 2 and I finish. In verse 2, it says, Sister Ampa Olunyiri Through whom, who? Christ. We also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have access by faith into that grace. Grace is what God does for free. Free oxygen, Free water, free vegetation, free salvation. Faith is our positive response to what God has done by grace. So faith gives us access into the grace in which we stand. If I give you a house, that is grace. Faith is you getting the keys, going to the house, opening it, getting in, and living there. You have access to the house I have given you by faith. That's why faith without works is dead. If you don't go to the house and live there and continue to live outside on the street, it's because you do not believe really that I gave you the house. 
Most people who don't have a relationship with God, it, the problem is not God. God has already by grace, the Bible says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. But not all men have entered salvation by faith, even though it is provided by grace. Are we together? Take me back to verse 2. It says, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. First of all, he said, we have peace. Then he says, we rejoice. That's why the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He says, we rejoice. Ask yourself, how joyful am I? And if not, what's the problem? Maybe you've not accessed by faith. The grace, you think you have to work for it. You think you have to make it up. You think you have to pretend like I used to pretend. No need to pretend. Because you're loved. Tim Keller said the gospel is you are more sinful than you'll ever admit and yet you are more loved than you'll ever fathom. Say so that's the gospel. Yeah, all of us. Even when we confess our sins, we only confess the ones that are acceptable to whoever you're confessing them. You know that there are some sins that I can't confess here on the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. There are others like, yeah, am I making sense? We are selective. Why? We will never admit how sinful we are. And yet, in the same way, we are more loved than we will ever fathom. That's the gospel. He says, we rejo- and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The hope of the glory of God. Glory is the opposite of shame. In other words, we rejoice in the hope of the absence of shame in God. Ah. Do you receive the word? Wow. Can we just stand up and appreciate Apostle for this word? And then can we appreciate God? (laughs) When Apostle started teaching us like, oh my goodness, we have access. And I get the sense that there's people in this room who've been feeling like you don't have access. You feel like you don't have access. And you are searching from Romans 5. That we have access by faith. We have access by faith into this grace. That we get to hope in the absence of shame. The absence of shame. And I whispered to Papa Blesso, saying, can you imagine that according to God, he has no record. It's in the word. He has no record of anything wrong that I've done and I say help my unbelief all those things that you can't confess publicly all those things where you go back and you're like Mokama and Sonywa Mokama and Bika 
He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, my child. And they see people in the room today. You're like, what does that even look like? What does it look like to be in a space where I have access to God? You know, my kids can walk into my room. Not everyone can walk into my room. That's access. Pastor Ari can pick Apostle's wallet, get money, and buy something. She has access. She has access. Not everyone has access. And we have access to God. When you're given a house, you walk into the house. That's your faith action. And today I would like to invite you <laughs> with an act of faith to get access to God, into the family of God. You're in this room, you're online, you're at our hosting centers, you're at our new locations, you're at one of the locations, you're in your car, you're in your bedroom, there's someone in the kitchen now, and you're not yet born again, you don't have access. In fact, you're afraid of access because you think access to God exposes you. But what amazing, what has the apostle taught us? We are safe with God. There is peace with God. We have joy with God. He sees no fault in you. He sees no fault in you. And today is your day of salvation. Today is your day of access. Today is your day of the beginning of joy. Today is your day of the beginning of hope. And hope does not disappoint. So I'm going to ask you, your faith action today is to just put up your hand and say, today I am born again. Today I am a believer. Today I am saved. So you're in this room, you're online, you're at the hosting centers, you want to get born again, just put up your hand. Just put up your hand. There's a celebration. I see your hand, my sister. Don't be afraid. Put up your hand. Let's celebrate. I see your hand, my sister. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see another hand over there. Let's celebrate. Whoever is next to those people, bring them to the front. If you're at a hosting center, someone is guiding you to the front right now. If you're at one of their locations, someone is guiding you to the front. Someone else, there's someone else, there's someone else. Today is your day of access. Just put up your hand. Heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing with you today. This room is rejoicing. Hallelujah. If your neighbor puts up your hand, walk with them to the front. Today is their day. Today is your day. God is saying that he loves you. He finds no fault with you. There is no fault. Only love and access. Hallelujah. I believe that there is someone else. I believe that there is someone else. There is someone else. Ask your neighbor. Are you born again? I'm inviting you to be bold. We've been taught about praying and preaching. I'm giving you an opportunity to walk in obedience. Ask them, are you born again? Hmm? And if their answer is no, tell them, would you like to get born again? Tell them today is your day. And when they say yes, walk with them to the front. There's a spirit of faith in the room this morning. Hallelujah. Is your neighbor born again? All our neighbors are born again. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. 
So we are going to pray together. We are going to pray together. After we pray, Pastor Hamia is going to take you and take your details so that we can contact you later on. At the different locations, there's someone going to take your details, your phone number, would like to contact you and walk with you. There's someone else who's come to the front. Hallelujah. Let's rejoice with heaven. In the heart of God right now is deep joy. Amen. Because you are his child. You are his child. He's like, my child is back. My child is back. So repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Say, I give you my life. I give you my life. I give you my fears. I give you my fears. I give you my disappointments. I give you my disappointments. I give you my weakness. I give you my weakness. And I receive strength. And I receive strength. I receive sonship. I receive sonship. I receive life. I receive life. Take my life. Take my life. And do something significant with it. And do something significant with it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. There's a spirit of faith in this room as Pastor Hamia takes you. He's just going to take your details and then you can go back and sit after. I do believe that as Apostle was teaching, there was a lot of release. There's many people that have not come to their healing because you've been dealing with condemnation. But today he spoke and the word access stood out for me. What happened for me is, you know, and, and, and to, to location pastors who are watching, there is grace. Apostle sent a word that thousands, thousands. Yes. And I yes. believe that as he spoke today and he said access, there are scales that fell off your eyes. There are scales that fell off my eyes. We are accessing the thousands. Yes. We are accessing the thousands. Yes. Like they are there for us. They are there for us. But also there's people in the room, you've been just struggling with an illness in your body and you feel like you don't deserve healing. In the name of Jesus, I command health back into your body. You have access to God and where God is, there is healing. I command health back to your body. Someone you've been feeling pain on your side, I command that your ovaries are well in the name of Jesus. Someone else, somewhere here at the back, your kidney is well in the name of Jesus. Those headaches are stopping in the name of Jesus. You don't deserve them. Someone, your wrists have been hurting, receive healing, receive healing. Someone has been having trouble each morning when you eat breakfast, you get indigestion. Receive healing in the name of Jesus. Receive healing in the name of Jesus. We say no to diabetes. We say no to cancer. We say no to HIV. We command the lame to walk right now in the name of Jesus. We command the blind to see. Someone here is standing in the place of someone who cannot see. We command the blind to see. We command the deaf to hear in the name of Jesus because there is access. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you just pray?
Just pray. Just lift your voice. We worship you, Lord. We thank you. We bless you. You're good. Your mercy endures forever. There's nothing too hard for you. Thank you for healing. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for change of direction. Thank you for redemption. Thank you that we'll never be the same again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I really just sense to invite people who you're struggling emotionally. It's, it's like the thing I talked about. It's, it may not feel exactly like that, but you've tried. You, you just can't seem to shake off that dark cloud. I really feel that we invite you to the front and, and, and we pray together. And God is going to heal you from that situation. Amen. Because we have a loving father. He knows. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. Thank you. Just come if you are in that state and you're like, I just feel a depressive thing. And I can't seem to shake it easily. Just come. Thank you, Jesus. Do you love Jesus? Isn't he lovely? Let me, let me just check for something here. That's going to encourage someone mightily. Amen. You see, some of the things we do, you may not understand them. But they are in the Bible. It says, laying, anointing with oil is in the Bible. Recently, one of these meetings, we were doing this, and I just felt led to anoint people with oil, which I did. Now, it's your faith. Yeah, it's not the oil. It's your faith. So this lady decided to ask for, because we had finished, so I, when I cleaned my hands, she took the, the napkin, the serviette. And there's something she was believing for. Her whole family had moved to another country to live there 17 years ago, and she was denied four times. You know when you apply four times and they say no. Days after that incident, they contacted her from that country. She didn't, she didn't reapply. No. I'm talking 17 years have passed. And then they call her and say, you can come and live in this country without reapplying. I can't give you the details because even her, she's still in complete shock. So God can do things which God can resurrect 17 years dead dreams can resurrect by the power of Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Do you receive it? Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your kindness. Thank you for your grace that we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Thank you for the unmatched, uncomparable name of Jesus. That through him, all these things are possible. Thank you for joy abundant that you pour out on this congregation this morning. That we will see noticeably that we are a joyful people going forward. I rebuke every kind of sickness 
that refuses to get dislodged from every person's body here, I command you to be gone in the name of Jesus. And never to recur or to reoccur. Thank you, Father. Thank you for families. Thank you for, for those people who are seeking marriage. Your word declares that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I pray for acceleration of marriages and a wisdom of understanding the purpose of marriage in this church. May you give people who are seeking companionship make it available for Father. Miraculously. Let it be beyond the usual normal channels and all of that. Let it be miraculous. That's how we'll know it was of you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, may God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you. May he give you peace. May he open doors for you. You are the head and not the tail. May you always be rising and never falling. May you stand on strong ground all this week, all the days of your life. May he bring you destiny helpers. People who will take you by the hand and walk you through the right doors to lead you to your destiny. May there be joy in your homes, harmony in your relationships, provision in your wallets, in your accounts. May you move into the overabundant provision of God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And may the people in your family and all your friends, may they come to know Jesus as the only Lord and Savior. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen. Amen. At 11.30, we'll be starting the services at all your locations. And here at Worship Harvest Nalia, the youth experience kicks off at 11.30 sharp. See you then. God bless you. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.